Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today I want to tackle what I think some people think is a relatively benign subject. Do you have to love what you do every day? Or put another way, does loving what you do mean you won't work another day the rest of your life? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Welcome. I hope that your day is going well. I hope that you are enjoying life. And you know, I don't say that lightly. I know that life can be incredibly hard. I just keep running into people every day, it seems, who tell me, you know, I know I'm responsible for what happens for the rest of the year, but I'm ready for 2023 to be over. I'm ready for 2023 to move on. Uh, I've had people use much more colorful language than that just recently telling me, you know, I have they have very specific thoughts for 2023. And the one thing Thing that that I always want to come back to and I because I can relate to that I can resonate with that 2023 has been a hard year for me for my family for our business uh it's just been hard there it's it's been good there's been a lot of great things that have happened uh so far at least I've woken up every morning and, and that's been a good thing right anytime you're on the right side of the grass it's a good thing and so when I say I hope that your day is going well that you're enjoying your day I want you to know that I don't mean that in some sort of like la 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 way I mean that in a literal whatever's going on I hope that you're finding the joy of life in the hard. And so with that said, there is something that I want to do today. I don't know if this is going to be a series or not. I have a couple different podcast ideas running around as, as we're, we're kind of deep diving into fall now and, and we're moving forward towards winter, which I know can be hard for some people. I have to admit, as I, I get older, I like winter less. Uh, I, I, I find that my arthritis hurts more in the cold and so I don't like the cold as much. I need sunshine and warmth. And, and so there's there's kind of these themes that are seeming to come up in some of my podcast uh, idea pools, if you will. And I appreciate the people who write in with questions. Uh, about a year ago, somebody wrote in, probably not a year ago, couldn't have been quite a year ago, uh, last fall, or excuse me, this past spring, so spring of 2023, someone wrote in about coffee. They wanted to know how to... Uh, how to approach it with a coworker who was getting to work before them and making the coffee, but they didn't like the coffee. They thought that the coworker was making it uh, too light. And, and even while I'm recording this segment, my son sitting across the room from me, who apparently does not like coffee yet, uh, that's probably because his 10-year-old taste buds are underdeveloped. Soon to be 11. Two weeks, dude, you're going to be 11. Uh, he's sitting there just staring back at me now, smiling. He's actually not staring at me. He's looking at his phone, the paragon of evil. Nonetheless, so they write in, and so I thought it was a funny thing I put it up on Facebook and people were like well maybe you know you could go to them you could do it this way you could approach it that way you could approach it this way here's what I thought was interesting not one person stopped and asked well, maybe you're making it too strong, right? Their mindset was, ooh, the person that's making it too weak is clearly the one that's making it too weak, and that's the problem. And so I was sharing that with some coworkers, and one of them was like, well, you know, you make your coffee too strong. And I was like, what? 
She's like, yeah, your coffee is just too strong. It's too bitter. I can't drink it. Well, I hope you slip on ice and break your ankle. No, I didn't really say that. I just was like, oh, and it was interesting to me. Immediately, she had a different perspective than all my friends who share my love of of strong enough coffee that, you know, my goal is if if the coffee isn't strong enough that if we're on a trip and there's a problem with the oil in your vehicle, we should be able to put my coffee in your car and it should provide viscosity protection until you can get to a garage. That's how strong I want my oil. And, and that's okay usually. Uh, but perspective and mindset is really important. And I promise you, I know that this feels a little ADHD right now. We're almost four minutes in or so, depending on what happens with the edits. And, you know, you're like, Joe, where are you going with this? I'm going somewhere, I promise. And where I'm going is this. Most of the things that we're going to talk about are mindset type things, right? And so one of the things that kind of drives me nuts when I am listening to people is we have this weird obsession with this idea that you have to love what you do every day. And if you don't love it, you need to make a change right away. Now, the problem is, and like most things in life, there is a truism here. There is some truth here to the idea that we want to focus on doing things that we love, right? We want to find a a focus on doing things that we're passionate about. I love what I do. I love counseling. I love writing. I love podcasting. Uh, In fact, here's something that I want to throw out there. We're thinking of creating a visual podcast, kind of the YouTube podcast, where we're going to videotape the recording and then put it up on YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to gauge some interest here. How many of you that listen would be interested in something like that? If you could let me know, joe at joemartino.com. I'd really appreciate it. If that's not something people are interested in, we're going to skip over that. Uh, We're looking at a lot of different ways to try to expand things. By the time this episode goes up, uh, I will have already started a men's group. We're going to start a men's book group uh, that's going to meet Saturday mornings at my office. Uh, no charge for that, but we are starting a group just for men to get together Saturday mornings, probably from like 7.30 to 9. We might go 7 to 8.30, uh, you know, somewhere around that time. Feel free to reach out if that be something you would be interested in and you live local uh, to the Grand Rapids, Lowell area. Uh, and, and as we kind of expand these things, you know, I have to be cautious because I love, I want to do it all and I can't be too busy. And that's a whole different uh, episode. That's a whole different topic. I can't be too busy because then I won't do anything well. And and one of the things that I've learned this year is not only do I have to monitor that for myself, but I have to monitor that for my employees to make sure that they're not taking on too many responsibilities because if they are, they're not going to do any of them well and that's going to be a problem. And so you're right, that's something we want to check out. But this idea that if you don't love what you do every day is toxic, right? Well, if you don't love what you do every day, don't do it. Or if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That is absolute bovine fecal matter. It's absolutely fertilizer in the making. Because no matter what you do, if you love it or if you hate it, there will be days where you don't want to do it. There will be days where you will be frustrated. I sat in a room recently with a couple, and in my head, the only thing I could think of was, please, just stop coming to see me. Because you don't want to get better. You want to come to this room and yell at your partner. And I'm not here for that. It's debilitating and it's problematic. And here's why. First of all, it sets up really terrible expectations and expectations drive everything. But when we have really terrible expectations, when reality hits, we have a trouble, we have a problem. 
Longtime listeners might remember remember when we talked about the triangle of truth. And and all you do is you draw a triangle. At the top of the triangle, you write expectations. And and we define these with agree-disagree statements. Lower right corner, we write the word reality. Lower left corner, we write the words inner dialogue. And our goal is to have our inner dialogue match our expectations as much as we possibly can when reality hits. And so when they don't match, one of the things I, when I work with this with clients, I'll tell clients when they don't match, the triangle gets bigger. When they match, the triangle gets smaller. We want a small triangle because here's the thing. Our expectations drive how we interpret things. That's why expectations are so important. And so if your scoreboard, your win is this idea that I have to love what I do every day, what happens when you have a bad week? It's a very, so, so it sets up bad expectations and then number two kind of runs with that. It's a very short-sighted statement. It's a statement of people who are playing the short game, right? They're, they're not playing the full game. Because let's say I have a bad two months. Or you, you know what? Let's just say all of 2023 or whatever year we're in is bad. If I do this career or some version of this career for 60 years, that's 160th. Or for 50 years or 30 years, it's 130th, right? In, in the long run of things, in the overall arch of my life, a whole bad year is just that. It's a bad year. And I know people are like, well, I, I just can't wait that long. Okay, that's your choice, but I don't know how you play the long game if you're measuring one year. And I feel like a year is a really long time. I, I don't think most people stick with something that's bad or hard a whole year. But but to me, it's a little bit like, you know, uh, we're right in the, the middle of college football. By the time this thing drops, we're getting ready to kick it off as I'm recording it. And, and I just got done watching a documentary about a, fo- about a football team uh, that was super interesting. We're going to talk about that at some point in, in these episodes. But you know, one of the things about sports is imagine you had a bad quarter. You're getting blown out. That's the story of comebacks. You can't have a comeback if you don't have a hard quarter. You can't have a comeback if you're not losing. You can't have a comeback if things go your way all the time. And so this idea that, well, I have to love what I'm doing or I I shouldn't be doing it, it robs you of the opportunity to create resilience. It, it, It plays the short game and robs you of this opportunity to build resistance. Because even if you get your backside kicked for a year, how much stronger can you be when that year's done? How much more developed can you be when that year's done? And we have to expect hard times. And listen, I, I want you to know I am not preaching to you. If I'm preaching to anybody, I'm preaching to myself right now. You have to endure. I just sent a snap to my people. Right. Snaps like the one thing that I try to keep really private uh, as far as social media goes. Right. I have uh, Facebook that by and large, uh, there's a bunch of people on there. I don't know. Instagram, I keep relatively locked down. I have a professional Instagram that I don't so much. And thinking about starting a different one, different professional Instagram for my coaching, consulting and speaking business. But I I keep snap pretty locked down. I took a picture. You know, I got to keep my streaks. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Uh, and I looked at my picture. I'm like, good Lord, I look like I've been on a three day cocaine bender and I've never done cocaine in my life before anybody writes in or calls Laura or calls my pastor or calls my wife and says, Hey, Joe admitted on air. He's doing cocaine. I didn't, I've never done cocaine in my life. I've drank Coca-Cola in, in copious amounts and I've enjoyed that. And from what I understand, their original recipe back when our operations manager, Lindsay Bryan was a child actually had cocaine in it. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's the voice at the beginning of the episode that says, hey, you're listening to the Joe Martino show. And sometimes I like to put in little Easter eggs to uh, give her a hard time. And 
My ADHD is unregulated and rather high today. I'm only about halfway through my second cup of coffee. But I look at that picture, I'm like, man, I'm tired. There's a lot going on, and I'm just going to be really transparent. When I wake up in the morning, I feel the pressure of the day, and it hasn't even started yet. There's this to-do list, and there's these other things that aren't on the to-do list, but they're on the, it'd be really great if I could get them done list. And then my daughters are starting college, and my other daughter's starting her senior year of high school, and my son's birthday's coming, and my other daughter's birthday's coming, and my son's starting homeschooling, and we're trying to plan a family trip, and we're trying to figure out the fall, and how do we do this, and how do we cover that? All of the rigmarole of life runs. And then I go to therapy sessions where I'm sitting with people who as near as I can tell, they don't actually want to get better. And it's frustrating, right? And I recognize that that's part of the process before any new counselors write me some high and mighty letter. Man, I'm a little defensive today. I don't mean to be. We'll just we'll just skip over. Well, I got to say it now because I started unless it gets edited out. Before anybody writes me a letter about that's part of the process. I know. I do. Right? That, that I'll tell you what. Right there. That's one of the ways that I know that I'm running uh, on reserves. And it's okay because there are times we have to run on reserves, right? But I know I'm running on reserves when I start to get relatively, I plan ahead for whatever attacks coming and get defensive ahead of time. I know that. And, and so the thing that I have to remind myself is I don't have to love what I do every day and neither do you. I don't and neither do you. I have to be passionate about the work that what I do creates. I'm gonna say that again. I have to be passionate about the work of what I do creates. And this is what I mean by that. I know a guy that works a job that he literally despises, cannot stand it. He doesn't like the company he works for. He doesn't like the system he works in. He doesn't, he doesn't like anything about it. Well, then why does he do it? Because it provides him enough income and enough flexibility that every summer for six weeks, he can go help people that are far less resourced than him and do amazing things for those people's lives. And for the remaining 46 weeks of the year, he can raise funds for that company and he can do things for that company that's facilitating that in countries all over the world. And so the work that he hates, those 45, 50 hours a week that he spends, that he hates what he's doing, and it's nothing immoral. It's it's actually something I think most people would be surprised to find out that he hates. It serves a purpose of getting him to a place where he can create something that will outlive him. He can create something that he finds meaningful and that outweighs it for him. And you might be thinking, well, Joe, that my job doesn't do that. Okay. But what are you doing when you're not at your job? Could you create that? Could you create that opportunity? Now, here's the thing. I want to be really clear. One of my favorite speeches is the Steve Jobs commencement address at Stanford's graduation years ago. And in that address, he says that he would ask himself every morning when he was shaving, looking in the mirror, if I was, if I knew I was going to die tonight, would I still do today what I'm about to do? And if the answer was no too many days in a row, he knew it was time to start making a change, right? I want to be clear. I'm not saying don't chase your passions. I'm not saying don't make changes because you're looking at what you're doing and you're saying, man, this sucks. But I'm saying that can't be the number one priority. I've got to love what I do every day, right? Because we live in all or nothing thinking and there is truth in that. I want to be really clear on that. There is definitively truth in the reality that you should love what you're doing. Because if you do, going to work will not be nearly as bad as going to work at a job you hate. But what we do is we say, well, if a little bit's good, a whole lot must be better. And so we take that truism and we make it this standard absolute truth that just runs forever. And it's all or nothing in its approach and its delivery. And it's not helpful. What we need to ask ourselves is when we look at the whole of our life, 
What are the things that we're doing that we find meaningful? And how might what we're doing that we dislike facilitate that? So here's the thing. Even sitting in a room where I'm thinking, man, these people don't want to get better. This guy doesn't. There's one guy who's not done a single homework assignment that I've asked him to do. Not one. And and we're in a pattern. I was able to point this out. We're in a pattern where on a regular schedule, his life kind of blows up. And he says to me, I I just, we, we haven't talked about this. We haven't talked about that. We talk about this too much. And I said to him, I said, well, wait, wait, hold on. I don't disagree with you, but we've talked about those things because you bring them up. And when I try to bring you back to these other things that you say we don't talk about, you don't want to talk about them. In fact, one time I said to you, hey, you said you want to talk about these things. And every time I bring them up, we deflect. (laughs) That's what he says to me. (laughs) Right. And I don't particularly enjoy that session. I don't particularly enjoy when I when I see his name on my schedule and like. Anybody who's not a counselor, I I don't know if you haven't thought this through, you're probably like, oh my goodness. But anybody who's a counselor and who's honest knows that there's somebody on their schedule like that. In fact, there was a run a couple years ago where Tuesdays were awful days for me because the clients that I had, the, the things that they were working through were super heavy, just incredibly deep stuff. And, and there were sprinkled between these really deep cases some people that were just so resistant to therapy, it felt like a waste of time. Coupled with one lady who literally looked at me and she said that not only did she think I was a terrible therapist, but I was, I was incredibly short and my hair was improperly done and my clothes didn't fit well. I'm not kidding. She told me that as she walked out uh, because she was very, well, she was very, had very strong opinions. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. I feel like my clothes actually fit pretty well. I actually, my shirts, I actually buy, I get them fitted. I didn't say that to her, but I thought it, right? Does that mean you quit? No, 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 no. Because here's the thing. If I'm going to have good expectations, I'm going to expect that there are going to be days I don't like going to work. I'm going to expect that there's a long game that I have to play to create something that I want because that builds resistance. And I love what counseling does. I love what counseling affords me the opportunity to help other people do. I love the fact that there are things that we do in counseling that will outlive us. I love when people stop me randomly or write me randomly and say, hey, I read your book and it changed my marriage. I just had somebody write me yesterday and say, uh, I, I used your book at the recommendation of, of, a, of another pastor. So this is a pastor that I don't know writing me saying that he used my book as a, on a recommendation of another pastor to help rescue a couple in his church who were in trouble. And apparently there's no counselors in the area. I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's what he said. And I don't know where the guy lives. I love that. I love that the people stopped me. I was talking one time at the grocery store and this guy stops. He says, do I know you? And I'm like, I don't think so. He goes, well, keep talking. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but okay. He's like, oh my word, you do a podcast. I love that. I absolutely love that. And there are days that it's really, really hard. And so I have to have the expectation that I don't have to love what I do every day to love what it creates. All right. Tell me your thoughts. I want to know, what do you think? Do do you shudder as much as I do when you hear, you have to love what you do every day and you'll never work a day in your life? I hate that. If you like this, please share it with your friends. Just share it with three friends. We find meaning in giving things to other people that we find valuable. If you don't like it, Give it a rating in the podcast store because according to Nicholas Tlaib, people who give things a bad rating actually improve its circulation and sales. So go ahead and feel free to do that too. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.